adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Hello, hello, and welcome back to Rete This Way. Um, I would like to welcome a Mr. Chris Baselli to the podcast tonight. Hello, everybody. And I will be your host, Gigi Julian D'Angelo, <laughs> as we are without uh, both Paolo Nobiloni Mangoni and Michael. Uh, did we ever get a nickname for Michael? We've probably got many, but nothing that ever stuck. So, <laughs> that ever, yeah, so. Yeah. By the so, end of the show, we'll give him one. Yeah, we'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> um, so it's just the two of us tonight, so that means no Juve, pro-Juve propaganda, just a lot of anti-Juve propaganda. <laughs> um, and they can't do anything about it. So it's what, it's what the people want. Of course, it's what they always want. Um, so this was a bit of a exciting week for me, to say the least, for Serie A. We'll kind of jump right into that now. Um, Juve kicked off the week. It's funny how it's, they've started winning games, and neither of them are here to talk about it. <laughs> but Juve have finally strung two wins together, um, a fairly convincing win against a relatively poor-looking Empoli side. Yep. Keane scored his first of the season and posted something on social media about quieting all the haters or something. I was a little surprised by it. Uh, McKenney then scored in the second half, and then Arabio doubled to finish it off 4-0. Um, so we'll see if they can kind of keep that momentum going in Europe, but they have to go into Portugal, which we will get into later. Yeah. Um, Saturday morning game, we had Salernitana versus Spezia. I think Spezia were sporting those horrendous third jerseys. Could be mistaken, though, the really bright, colorful ones. Um, only one goal in this one, actually. It was a nice shot from Mazzocchi. Um, kind of nice curler into the top right corner just inside the beginning of the second half. Um, and that was it. So good to see Salernitana again pick up another three points. They've kind of won a couple close games in the past couple weeks. Um, also of note, this was the game where Ribery officially announced his retirement from Calcio altogether. So I think he is joining the Salernitana coaching staff um, at least until the end of the season. Yeah, it was uh, the the first I heard of him retiring was right after the game. I don't. Did you see anything during the week of of Salernitana? No, nothing. Eh? Not at all. Like they didn't mention anything yeah, about it, and okay. then I just kind of saw it blowing up on Twitter towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um. So I mean, kind of sad. He was one of the the legends of the mid two thousands, if you will. That Bayern team with him on one side and Robin on the other was. Quite legendary. Yeah, yeah, definitely a legend. Sucks that. Sucks that in Italy we only got to see him play when he was a you know thirty seven, thirty eight year old broken man, but definitely a, a legend for sure. Yeah. Um, the next game was the AC Milan Monza game, uh, mm-hmm. the Derby della Angabunga, as we have dubbed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'll let you take that one away. Yeah. Um, a bit of a rotated lineup. Uh, Origi finally got a start. Um, Brahim Diaz did start again. Uh, Pobega got a start. 
so, and there's a couple other that I'm, a couple others that I'm missing, but uh, I thought it was, oh, Rebic did start as well. Um, so I thought it was good to see Origi and Rebic on um, with Leao not starting, just because I find when Leao isn't on the pitch, uh, Milan often don't have enough pace up top to really stretch teams to get in behind and, um, you know, try and keep teams honest. So, uh, yeah, they both got the start. I thought they both had solid games. Um, Brahim Diaz, it, it wasn't goal of the week, but his first goal was was special in my mind. Picks it up literally at half. Um, you could argue, also argue, it was poor defending from Monza, but uh, he did really well to, to keep the ball, maintain his balance, and slot the ball away. Uh, I could also argue that uh, Monza's goal from Ranocchia was a free kick from, I want to say, 30 yards out. Uh, you can argue that that was nicer than the Diaz goal. Uh, but it, of course, wasn't enough. Uh, for me, Milan were the better team for the majority of the match. And, and like I said at the beginning, it was nice because they did get to rest some starters uh, ahead of their Champions League match, which we'll get to a bit later. But uh, yeah, finishes 4-1 and uh, comfortable, comfortable three points. I was kind of surprised with Monza. I was hoping they'd have a little bit more of a fight, but I mean... Do you mean in this game or... In- um, mainly in this game, I know they've kind of, they had a good run where they went, what was it? Three games in a row they won. Um, but then they're coming on back-to-back losses now. So yeah, it was three games in a row that they had won. Um, yeah, that, see if they can maybe, losses, yeah. yeah, maybe they can find that form they had when they first appointed their new manager. Cause they're, uh, yeah, they've looking at their schedule. So the next five games for them. So Bologna. Uh, Verona, Lazio, Salernitana, Fiorentina. So not super difficult, but definitely some winnable games there. So we'll see how those next five games go leading into January. So next game we'll jump into was the Inter-Fiorentina game. And I know as Paulo always <laughs> likes to say, everything works out in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, or it all balances out in the end. So I think that means Inter's going to be behind the eight ball now for the next month because I don't know I don't know how they got away with what they did in this game if I'm being perfectly frank um, they opened the scoring fairly early and seemed to be kind of in full control um, Barella scored within the first two three minutes and then Lotaro made it 2-0 I believe within 15 um, but then of course Inter being Inter especially this season they just can't seem to finish off games um, 33rd minute, ball comes across the box. Bonaventura gets a shot off. DeMarco comes in high with stud showing and late. <laughs> Did he get a card Ref- for that? No. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, genuinely, it was a red card. Like, he's I... late and stud showing. It's on Bonaventura's knee. Like, I don't understand how that's not a red card. Yeah, I was going to say, at the very least, it's a yellow. Like, if you're feeling bad for the guy, give him a yellow. But the fact that uh, it was nothing, that's surprising. Yeah, so um, they did review it by VAR, but I think they were too focused on the penalty call as opposed to the card. I Honestly, I don't know. It's Balletti. The guy's not good. He said, I think, yeah, most of the controversial games this year have been with him in the middle. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Actually, before this game midweek, he actually said he got the Hatsbor red card call wrong in the Milan-Atalanta game, and it should have been a red card. I saw that, and I'll, I'll bring that up uh, the next time Paulo's back on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Fiorentina make it two to one. Uh, Arthur Cabral converts the penalty. Uh, going into halftime again, I'm hoping Inter can kind of not concede, kind of get that third goal and just kind of put the game away. But they never make it easy. Um, Darmian's running in, terrible, terrible giveaway. They counter back the other way, and Ikone goes in one on one against the Cherby, cuts onto his left, and strikes a beautiful shot off the bar and in. Uh, no chance for Onana. So again, Inter blew a two goal lead. Um, so they subbed off Korea for Jeko. Jeko, as much as I rag on the guy, he's actually been very good this year for Inter. Um, sends Lotaro through. Lotaro, this was another weird one. Terechano comes out. He does make contact with the ball first. Lotaro did try to knock it around him. Um, and then he does obviously take Lotaro out. Uh, Valeti again pointed to the spot. VAR, I don't think it was clear and obvious enough to overturn it. Um, now, again, I don't know 100% what the rule is because, yes, Terechano did get the ball. But yes, he still took Lataro out where Lataro maybe would have been able to keep the ball in play. Um, but again, it's another questionable decision for sure. Like it's one of those I could see be called either way. Um, Inter again, get a bounce. Lataro makes no mistake on the PK to make it 3-2. 90th minute now. Luka Jovic. Um, actually, I just want to touch. Inzaghi went way, way too defensive. He subbed off Lataro to throw on Bellanova as the last sub. And they were basically in a makeshift 5-4-1 with Jekyll as a lone striker. Um, and it was just like basically 10 guys in the box trying to defend for 10 minutes. And it, I hate when coaches do this because you just invite pressure. You're just yeah. waiting for a screw-up in the box. And that's exactly what happened. The ball's not fully cleared. Uh, Jovic kind of wrestles with Debray, throws him to the side, and then finishes his volley off nicely to make it 3-3. Um, honestly, I thought this was the end, but honestly, this the most <laughs> men's rec for beer league goal I think I've ever seen in professional soccer. Um, Barella kind of is running in. McTarian's making the far post run. Barella plays the ball across. Doesn't quite get enough on it. Venuti goes to clear it and ends up kicking the ball off of the oncoming McTarian, and the ball bounces into the net. See... I Yeah, I literally <laughs> burst out laughing when I went in because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and that was basically the last kick of the game. So Inter somehow come away with a 4-3 victory. Um, it was very lucky. Valeri was also... He received a one-match suspension after this game. Oh, he did? Yeah. So, like I said, Inter, they if it all balances out in the end, they have a rough few games coming their way. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, there was a few questionable calls that benefited them in this game, and I will 100% say that. Yeah, the I, I didn't watch the whole game. I saw the highlights and clips here and there. Was it a Cherby that was the left center back? Yeah, he started. They gave Bastoni a rest. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so, it was Scrinier, Debray, and Cherby. I just noticed that, and like anytime you're playing with a back three, you want to avoid this as much as possible. But I noticed like often it was Ikone 1v1 against Achebe versus, or what I'm sure Enzagi would prefer is it's Ikone going up against the wing back, whoever your left wing back was, and Achebe's there for support. But anytime you have a guy with a lot of pace like Ikone going up against 
somebody who's slower like a Chenby you're asking for trouble uh, for and sure. it seemed like Ikone was able to make a lot happen or he took advantage of those uh, 1v1s yeah they, his goal was it was a pure counterattack. So that's why the wing back it was DeMarco he was further up the field but Darmian gave the ball away terribly and right. Fiorentina to their credit countered very quick and got the ball very very quickly to him out wide and then he just took it from there um, but yeah, Inter, they do need to figure out their defensive issues because it's, um, yeah, it's been a not good season so far. I think they are, let me check here. They have 17 was... goals against in 11 games. The only teams that are worse are Monza, Spezia, Sampdoria, Verona, Cremonese. And I guess to that point, I would say Fiorentina also need, also need to clean up defensively. They've they've conceded yeah. 16 so far, so um, lots of work to do there, and only 11 goals for. So uh, both teams, I guess, uh, have having similar issues right now. Yeah, um, and then just quickly before I move on, I want to point out that Lautaro seems to have finally kind of stepped up. I know he had that one bad goal drought, uh, but he had another two goals and an assist in this game, so he's kind of finding his form just in time for the World Cup to carry Argentina, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yep. Um, so the morning game was Torino-Udinese. Um, mm-hmm. I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch this game. Um, and surprisingly, actually, Torino come away with a 2-1 to victory. Um, they were Udinese was the home team. Olaina scores in the 14th minute. De Lufeu ties it up in the 26th. And then your boy Pietro Pellegri yeah. uh, scores the winner in the 69th minute. Yeah, the actually, I need to look it up because, so the goal uh, Olaina scored, um, it was, uh, I think it was Vulic. I might be mispronouncing that. Was it Vulic? Uh, Vlasic. Vlasic did a lot of the work on the left-hand side, crosses it in. Essentially, it's happened. Aina didn't really celebrate. So at first, I'm thinking... Uh, did he maybe used to play for Udinese? You know, some players, when they play their former club, they don't want to celebrate. Yeah. I'm just looking it up now. No, no Udinese there. So anyways, I just found it odd that he he didn't really celebrate. Maybe I'm just looking into it too much. Um, and then the Pellegri goal, the game-winning goal. I'm I'm happy for him that he scored. I, I, I still hope he ends up being, you know, a good Serie A player. Just he has so much promise as that 16-year-old at Genoa and has just kind of bounced around from club to club. But um, Silvestri needs to do better. It was like a, a near post shot. I'm sure there was a decent amount of power behind it. But uh, for me, that was a weak goal to let in. I'd probably say this would have been better off as a draw. But um, Udinese are finally human. And uh, we'll see if they can turn it around and maybe get some... Uh, some more wins uh, back on the uh, more wins back on their favor. Yeah. Like I'm just looking now they've only won one in their last five and they're actually now tied on points with enter who, I mean, we know Inter didn't have the strongest start. So they've kind of fallen back down to earth a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And okay. The next game was Bologna Lecce two no win for Bologna. I know Arnautovic had at least one because he is now sole capocannoniere with seven goals. Um, and then Ferguson. Who is Ferguson? On which on which club? <laughs> Bologna, Scottish guy. Lewis Ferguson. Oh, yes. Uh, he scored the second goal. Um, first season with Bologna. Uh, they 
Wow, they bought him for three and a half million from Aberdeen in the summer. So they, um, they so lost, he scores his first. I was gonna say they lost goal. Hickey, who was Scottish, right? Yeah. So they had to bring another Scotsman. Yeah, yeah. Way to go! They need to keep that <laughs> that British money coming in somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they come away with a good two 0 win. Lecce seems to be kind of struggling. I know they had a couple wins earlier on in the season, but they're right. They're one. Seventeenth um, place, not sitting right above relegation. Or sorry, yeah, they only have one win, but they have five draws. That's where they're. Wow. That's what they're hurting right now. Yep. Um, next game was Lazio Atalanta, um, and surprisingly, I know I was kind of chirping my Lazio buddy, like, "Oh, he mobilized out. You guys aren't going to be able to score any goals." Blah yeah. blah blah. And here they go, <laughs> two no win. Um, Zakanyi scores early on, assisted from Pedro and Felipe Anderson from Matusic a little later. Um, I think what Sarri's doing right now with Lazio is quite impressive. He's quietly has them sitting in third place right now, only two points back of Milan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they did kind of revamp their back line in the summer and managed to hang on to all their important players. So I think they they could be a team to watch, especially as the season gets going. Um, depending how the European ambitions are. They yep. might be a team that kind of focuses on Syria as they did back in 2020 before COVID hit. Yeah, and, and to add on to that, so it's four, yeah, four out of their last five games uh, they've won. And then I knew they were doing well um, on the goals for front, but uh, just checking now, they only have five goals against, which uh, is the best in. In Serie A, uh, Juventus would be next best with seven against. Um, so, yeah, definitely credit to Sadi there. Obviously, he has – I don't want to say they're looking like Napoli when he was there, but it's looking more and more like, like Sadi ball. Uh, and it's not like he had a huge budget to go and bring in a bunch of players in the summer. So I think that shows that he was able to adapt to the players that he had at Lazio and still make it work. So, just last uh, point on this before we move on. Muriel did get a red card um, in the 90th minute. So, it looks like he will be suspended for Atalanta's next game. Um, the next game after that was Roma-Napoli. Um, so, again, another big game kind of near the top of the table. Um, I know we saw a stat earlier this week where Roma... What was their, like, their expected goals so far this season were only about 13, and they've scored, actually, no, they scored 13. I think their expected goals, it was quite it was, low. Yeah, I, I think their expected goals was was closer to 20, but they've only scored 13 or something like that. But they're basically right, sorry, not, that's what it was. Yeah, they're, the they're not finishing the, the chances they should be. Yeah, so we know Dybala got hurt taking the PK last game. Yep. Um, so no Dybala for this one. Um. And from what I saw, it seemed to be predominantly Napoli running the play in this one. Um, they couldn't seem... Rui Patricio seemed, had a good game for once so far this year. <laughs> um, did his best to keep Roma in it, but unfortunately wasn't able to keep everything out um, as Ozyman scored what would be the winner in the 80th minute, and it is our goal of the match day. And now Osimhen getting the wrong side of Spalding. Osimhen! That is world class! 
and it might well prove to be the winner. Pinning Smalling, turning him, and then from the tightest of angles, finally he gets it right. And Napoli now on course for 11 straight wins in all competitions. So, exactly what um, Patrick Hendrick just said. Super tight angle. Um, he managed to hit the ball basically on a half volley and just got all of it. Yeah. Um, and beat Patricio. I mean, he had no chance. The ball was hit like a rocket perfectly into the opposite corner. Um, and, yeah, that's what – it's funny. The same, like, he had an exact similar chance about five minutes before this, and they still – kind of weren't able to stop it from happening again. Um, but Napoli come away with the 1-0 win, and yeah, that's now 11 in a row in all competitions for them. Yeah, it was uh, just back to the Osman goal. It was Not only was it well hit, but the angle was very tight. Like, I think he was you know, outside the width of the six-yard box at, or, or very close to it, so he, he really did have to hit it perfectly for it to go in, and even before he, he went to strike it, I thought Smalling was in a good position to if not get to the ball first, keep Osman away. But Osman showed his pace, his strength, and his balance to keep him off and still uh, finish it. So, yeah, definitely deserving of goal of the week, or goal of the match day, rather. So, Napoli hang on to their first place. Um, tight. Well, I don't want to say title, but they're currently <laughs> first place with 29 points, um, nine wins, two draws, zero losses. So, they're... Honestly, they're looking very, very good so far this year. Um, brings us to our Monday game. So we had a good relegation battle between Cremonese and Sampdoria. Yeah. Um, it was... It, <laughs> it looked like it was two teams fighting for relegation. I, what I mean by that, it was just there, there wasn't much quality there. It was a very choppy game. There wasn't a lot of possession sustained um i think one nil is a is a fitting score it finished one nil for uh for septoria um the goal uh, was scored by coley in the 78th minute. um nice little ball um from i think it was gabbiadini who knocked it down uh, and then coley um uh, was able to tap it in. Um, in the first half, though, there was actually a penalty given to Cremonese. I thought it was a very soft uh, penalty to give. It even went to VAR. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, essentially the Sampdoria defender missed the ball and his foot his um, his foot came down on the Cremonese attacker's foot. Um, kind of a, a harmless play. There was definitely no intent uh, so again, I, I thought it was harsh, and uh, the penalty was was missed, which I thought kind of made up for for the bad call. There's a saying in basketball; uh, they say "ball don't lie." Basically, anytime like if somebody gets fouled and it wasn't supposed to be a foul and they miss the free throws, they'll say "ball don't lie." So uh, maybe that's what Aldero was saying as he made the save. But um, yeah, so finished one nil. Uh, good for Sampdoria, I guess. I mean, three points when you're in and you're in 18th place definitely helps, or I guess they were in 19th before this, uh, but that's still only one win in their last five matches. Um, Julie, do Thank you know how many games uh, Batista has been in, uh, in charge there? <laughs> um, Is that his second or third? Let me check. Cause his first game, um, his first game was against 
Bologna, I want to say, against Tegomanta. Right. So um, third league game, third um, league fourth game. total. They with Copa. Copa Italia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all, all I want to end with, I think it's only his fourth game, so I don't know if it's too soon to judge, but Santoria don't look good. They don't look good, and this was against Cremonese, who are in the basement, uh, the only Serie A club without a win. Uh, so I all have to say, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, come Christmas time, Sampdoria are still in the bottom three. Um, you know, I hope for Sampdoria's sake, uh, he can turn it around, but just if I'm judging it based on this game, there's, there's not a lot of hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... The bottom, like, five teams in the league this year, just none of them really look good, if I'm being honest. No, I agree with you. So, we'll see. That might come down to decide the title, if they can pull an upset, and then we can laugh and laugh and laugh at Juve, but we'll see. <laughs> um, last game of the match day was Sassuolo-Verona. Um, Verona surprisingly took the lead on another terrible goal. Uh, Ceccarini tried to cross it in. He was honestly near the touchline, kind of in line with the box, and nobody touched it, and it just rolled all the way in. Like, it wasn't even a high cross. Like, it was played basically on the ground. Um, nobody touched it and catches the back corner, so they go up 1-0. Um, but then Lodiente, beautiful one, um, one-on-one. He destroyed – I don't know if I'm saying this guy's name's right. Heim? Heim? Sure, we'll go with guy. that. <laughs> Nima can correct us on that one if we got it wrong. Um, but took him on one-on-one, just absolutely ruined him and finished it off to make it 1-1. And then later on in the second half, um, sorry, Hamed Traore, again, he's back from injury. Um, same thing, took on Hein, beat him 1v1, and then played it across the box for Fratesi to put away to make it 2-1. And that would be your final. Um, so Sassuolo move up to ninth place with that one. And Verona are currently in 19th with only one win so far this year. They've actually lost five in a row. Shocking. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up our match day 11. Um, we still have Napoli first with 29 points, AC Milan second with 26, Lazio Atalanta 24, Roma 22, Udine Inter 21, Juve 19. Um, then we kind of have a drop before we hit Sassuolo Torino. Um, and then, of course, bringing up the bottom, Cremonese, four points, Verona, five, Sampdoria, six, Lecce, eight, Spezia, nine, Monza, Fiorentina, Bologna, ten. So, again, the bottom half of the table does not really look all that good. No. Um, and it is still really anybody's... Anything can happen down there at the bottom of the table. Of course, at the top, it's seems like Napoli is well on their way. Um, we'll see if they can keep that up over the course of the season. Um, so we also had some Coppa Italia games this past week. Yep. Um, so just to get into those. So on the Tuesday, we had Genoa against Spal. Um, I believe was that De Rossi's first game in charge of Spal? Oh, that's a good question. I think so. Um, yeah, I know he recently took over. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get the win for them. Um, as Genoa come away, the 1-0 victors. Good Munson scored a PK at the end of the first half. Um, and that was it. Unfortunately, they weren't able to find the equalizer. 
Um, second game that day was Torino Cittadella. Torino easily swept them aside, winning 4 0. Radonjic, Pellegrini, Skurs, and Zima were the goal scorers. Uh, the Wednesday, we had Spezia Brescia, Parma Badi, and Udinese Monza. So, Spezia come away with 3-1 victors over Brescia. Goals from Strelic, Verde, and Strelic. And then Moreo for Brescia got one to try and get back into the game. But it was a little too little too late. Parma beat Badi. Um, a goal from Benedjak. I may have butchered that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, body were unable to find an equalizer as well. Um, and I know Parma now go through to play Inter, and then Monza actually upset Udinese to win this one 3 2. Uh, goals from Valotti, Molina, and Patania. Um, actually, this was Monza went up 1 0 at halftime. Um, now, well, Perez scored two for Udinese to go up 2 to 1, and then Monza scored two goals in two minutes. Through Molina, Molina and Patania, and then they hung on for the three-two victory. So Udinese, they got off to a very strong start, but they've been struggling. Um, I guess in all competitions recently, it's kind of a shame for them to go out already in Copa. Yep. Um, and then our last games on Thursday, we had Cremonese Modena. Um, so Cremonese come away at four-two victors. Goals from Okereke, Felix Afanagian. Um. Surprise to me. This one went to extra time. Modena tied it. Uh, Diaz scored two goals a minute apart in the 89th and the 90th. Uh, but then Serd Nicola scored twice for Camonese in the 111th and 120th minute. Then we had Sampdoria Ascoli. Um, so again, this one, uh, this was the one Paula and I were talking about. This the one that Sampdoria. went. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Sampdoria come away with. with um, on PKs. Uh, so they scored early on through Vere, then Ascoli scored to tie it up with Colo Colo. Uh, game went to extra time. Donati scored for Ascoli to make it 2 to 1, and then Ticho Caputo tied it up in the 118th minute. Um, so it ended up going to PKs, and it actually came down to the keepers. So the backup keeper for Santoria Contini scored, and Guardna for. Uh, Ascoli did not. So I got to see if I can find those highlights because that would be something to watch. Um, and then the last game was Bologna Cagliari. Uh, Bologna come away with a 1 0 victory through an own goal from Obert. It almost reminded me. Two years when Milan played <laughs> that small Portuguese club qualify for Champions League and uh, it went through I, remember yeah, that, I think 16 or 18 shooters whatever it was so yeah I remember watching that one actually that was uh, one of the craziest penalty shootouts I've ever seen yep. um, so the round of 16 will take place in the new year um, January 10th is the first round of games so we have AC Milan-Torino, Inter Milan-Parma, Atalanta-Spezia, Lazio-Bologna, Juventus-Monza, Napoli-Cremonese, Roma-Genoa-Fiorentina-Sampdoria. So a few decent games in there. Um, See if maybe we'll get a few more upsets. Kind of keep it a little bit interesting. Um, Okay, let's move on to our 
European competitions. Uh, we have Champions League coming up this week and Europa League and, of course, the greatest competition on earth, the Europa Conference League. Um, so we have a few few big games coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Chris, do you want to take this away for Milan? Yeah, so they're they're playing in uh, in Croatia against uh, Zagreb. It's a must win. Uh, technically, Milan's uh, knockout fate is still in their hands. Uh, if they beat Zagreb and then beat uh, Salzburg, I believe they can still go through. Um, Salzburg losing to Chelsea will definitely help Milan's case, but uh, they'll be regardless. They need to come away with the three points tomorrow and. As I said earlier in the show, they were able to rest players like Tonali, uh, Leao, uh, Giroud didn't play as much um, in the Monza game, so a couple of, uh, of fresh legs. Uh, Kalulu as well didn't start. That's the one I forgot to mention. So um, some fresh legs and what is a, a must win for Milan on Tuesday. I'd like to see them go through. I know I shouldn't be saying that as an interista, but... Um, I think it's good for all of Serie A to get as many teams through as possible. And I mean, especially since Juventus is basically already out. Yep. Um, yeah, we need as much representation as we can get. Uh, so Juve are the other team that play on Tuesday. Uh, they are away to Benfica. They absolutely need to win this game to have any any chance at all of making it through. Um However, they already lost against Benfica in the previous leg, which was in Torino. So I don't, honestly, I don't see them coming away with victory in this game. I know they've kind of strung together a couple wins now. They do look a little bit better than they have, but um, I think going into Benfica. Uh, I'm, I'm just not win. convinced by Allegri. I, I know last two games against, I forget who the. Yeah, Allegri try and play a bit more attacking stuff in consecutive games. I just don't see how... Uh, and, and I'm not saying Juventus are going to lose to Benfica because of Allegri, but he definitely doesn't help the case uh, with how he's lining up the teams and how he's uh, getting them to play. Yeah, it's a little... I mean, they need to go all out attack, yeah. and that's basically the opposite of... <laughs> opposite of his idea. Um yeah. Moving on to Wednesday, so we have Inter playing uh, Victoria Pilsen at home in Milan. So they, for them, they get a win. They automatically qualify through to the next round. Um, or if Bayern were to beat Barcelona, then Inter as well would qualify into the next round. But they have the early game. I would just prefer them to go out, get the three points, and take care of business. Take it easy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, partial good news, I guess, is Bayern still has something to play for because they do need one point to secure first place. Um, so on the odd chance Inter choke, um, Bayern could still potentially come through and save them. And then Napoli, um, I think, are they? They're, they're already through. Oh, yeah, they're through, but not Bayern. guaranteed first. Yeah, so I think if they win, they'll... Uh, I, I'm not sure because if they win and Liverpool beat Ajax, they'll still only be three points ahead of Liverpool. Yeah, so and then, down to all the tiebreakers and all that. Yeah, and then if Liverpool were to beat Napoli match day six, they'd be tied on points. So then 
what maybe was tied on the... points and tied on head to head, right? Yeah, what was the result of the first game? Was it two nil or three nil Napoli beat Liverpool? Uh I'll take a look. It was four one. Four one. Okay. So yeah. I mean they could still lose that game as long as it's by less than a three goal margin, they'd be fine. Yeah, and they also pumped Ajax six one. Um Six right. one and four two. So I feel like in terms of goal differential, Napoli will probably also have the advantage there when it comes to them in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they're already through, which is fantastic to see. Um and win obviously on Wednesday will do just kind of further cement that and put pressure on Liverpool to have to win in match day six if they want that yep. number one seed. Um Okay, moving on to Thursday's games. Um, so we have... Sorry, I'm just trying to pull them up here. Scott, I know uh, Roma um, are playing in Croatia against H- HJK Rijeka. Um, right. Roma are in third. I don't know. Um, that caught me by surprise. I knew they weren't doing that well in, in Europa League, but I didn't think they were that low in the table. So... Uh, it's it's a must win for them if they want to have any chance. Rijeka are last place in the group. Uh, Ludogorets are three points ahead of them, and Betis six points ahead of them. So if anything, Roma probably want Betis to win, uh, which would clinch the group for Betis, but it would also give uh, Ludogorets or Roma uh, a better chance of catching Ludogorets. Um, so, yeah, definitely important one for Roma. Curious to see if Mourinho rotates the squad. Uh, I know in the past he's been hesitant because he doesn't really believe in the depth at the club. So, um, yeah, we'll see what kind of lineup he puts out. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of shocking, to be honest. I didn't realize that. But, yeah, they um, hey, they might be knocked back into the conference league where they can try and defend their title. <laughs> Maybe that's what Mourinho was after. Is <laughs> the other game in the Europa League is Lazio against Midland. Um, just trying to pull up where Lazio is in their groups. So I think Lazio is doing a little bit better. I hope. Uh, no, they're also third. Wow. Everybody in their group has five points. Who's ahead of so, them? Which clubs? Feyenoord, Midland. Lazio, Sturmgras. So they're all sitting on five points. Um, basically, it's goal differential right now that's okay. ruling um, ruling the table. So Feyenoord's a plus four, Midland's a plus three, Lazio's a minus two, Sturmgras is a minus five. So, I mean, Lazio, obviously, <laughs> it's, everything's still in their hands. They come away with two wins, and they're probably through in first. Um, so... Let's see. They've hit a good spell of form. Let's see if they can kind of keep that going in Europe. Yeah. Um, and then last game for the conference league, we have Fiorentina against Istanbul. Basakashahir. I think I butchered that completely. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, so Fiorentina as well. They haven't obviously been doing that well in Syria. Only 10 points. Um, conference league, however... They're second in their group. Man, these smaller teams are really not doing well. Um, second in their group, Istanbul is first with 10 points. Uh, Fiorentina is second with seven. So this is a must-win game for them. 
Can't, um, sorry, I forget now. In Conference League, is it still top two that go through? So, first place goes through to um, the next round automatically, round of yeah. 16. Um, then second place goes into a playoff. I see. So, and... I think I think they actually go into a playoff against the Europa League teams. Yes, okay, that's... yeah. That's so the second place teams in the Europa League, they get dropped down. Or, or no, the third, third place. place teams. Third place teams get dropped down into yeah. Conference League playoffs. With the second place teams from the Conference League groups. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, I guess that makes this game even more important. Because if, if they can win, um, I guess they'll probably still be in second based on goal differential. Because Istanbul's got 10 goals for zero again. But... Um, yeah, a win on Thursday will at least give them a chance at winning the group. I think a draw, yeah, I don't think a draw will, will do much for them. So, Italiana will have to really go for it. Yeah, they um, they lost the game, the previous game against Istanbul 3-0. Um, so, they, to have kind of that head-to-head tiebreaker, they need to win by at least a three-goal margin, which right. probably will be difficult to do. Um, so yeah, if they get a win, they would need some help um, from Rigas or Hearts to pull some points off of Istanbul. Yeah, their Istanbul's last game is against Hearts, but it's in Istanbul, so um, yeah, not looking likely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps everything up a little bit. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Um. I'm just looking through the table here to see if there was anything um, particular. No, I think uh, I think that was it. Um, I guess I'll, I'll plug the, the social media channel since Mike isn't here. But uh, if you're not already, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RTW Calcio. Uh, since Mike and Paula weren't here this week, we'll make sure they're, they're putting up extra posts this week to make up for it. Um, <laughs> that way they still get their full pay and all that good stuff. Of course. Um, one last thing before I sign off, I just want to quickly touch on so we can talk about it next week just to annoy Apollo. Juventus directors could go on trial for allegations of false accounting and false communications to the market, while the judge of preliminary, preliminary investigations rejected the request of home deten- detention for President Andrea Agnelli. So you may do an illegal thing, no surprise. Yes, we'll definitely bring that up next week so that uh, <laughs> Mike and Paulo can try and, I use the words try in uh, air quotes here, try and defend their club. Yeah. I think that's a great um, way to end the show, Julian. Oh, yeah. I know. Almost as good as your as your song choice with just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, um, of course, as always, thank you for joining us. Um, do you have any questions for us please feel free to reach out on the socials as chris mentioned um and we'll be back next week bye